The Watchful Eye is a new freeform series about a girl named Elena Santos who takes a nanny position at an Upper East Side condo in New York City. The twist is, the building is haunted. All the residents have something to hide, and Elena is actually a thief in disguise. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installments of a different series every show. The premiere of The Watchful Eye consists of two episodes, Hen in the Fox House and Hide and Seek. That's what we're here to discuss. It's February 4th, and you are listening to today's episode. difference between Freeform and ABC Family is its programming block. For example, ABC Family in the late 2000s, early 2010s came out with a lot of different shows like um, The Secret Life of the American Teenager. You also had things like Switched at Birth, Pretty Little Liars, The Fosters, kind of shows that the channel became notoriously known for. However, ever since it switched to Freeform, it's kind of decided to go a darker route with it. You have more shows like Cruel Summer, Single Drunk Female, I know that's more of a dramedy, but you also have things like Motherland, Fort Salem, that's gotten good reception as well. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like become known for that. So obviously the watchful eye is trying to kind of fit into that category. Yeah. And I'm wondering how well it did with that because you like things like Cruel Summer, right? Yeah, Cruel Summer was good. Um, when you said programming block, I was thinking like time periods that because usually <laughs> yeah. when someone says the block, they mean the time that it comes out. But yeah, this show is definitely darker than some of like Switched at Birth might have been. That was more, but there is romance and there's still young people and it is sort of like a CW knockoff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The setup for this show is interesting though, because it deals with a haunted building and that's not exactly the most original concept. You talk about American Horror Story Hotel. 666 Park Avenue, more recently, Archive 81, Only Murders in the Building. Yes. There seems to be an appetite for this type of premise. And so we got this fancy New York City apartment. It's called the Greyborn Building, and it's right next to Central Park. But it's mysterious, and it's haunted. People go missing. People die. There's suspicious accidents. And the first scene we see is Annie leaping out of a uh, building, like, belly flopping right into the cement. So I heard that even, like, negative reviews for this show were saying that the first scene and did set it up, like, pretty well. Like, you were interested in Oh, it in was goofy as hell. No. Really? Like, okay. I mean, it was just, it was like someone jumping off of a diving board, but in, like, the worst way possible. You're not supposed to go by the belly. But, like, she clearly just wanted to cause as much surface area destruction as possible when she hit the ground. And the doorman did see it happen. So that was fun. But before I jump into, like, the rest of the episode, there are a few things that I came away with that I want to mention. First of all, everybody seems to know everyone in this building, which is very strange because these are, like, supposed to be these rich elite people who I would think would be closed off. They yeah. wouldn't be neighbors and, and friendly with everyone. In the, but everybody's in everyone's business, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Also... It's just a constant stream of introductions. By the end of the episode, I know who Elena Santos is. Annie, Matthew, Tori, Jasper, Scott, Mrs. Ivy, Darcy, Bennett, Elliot, Dr. Dick, Candace, Alex, Kim, James, Ginny, Cecil, Morgan, and Jocelyn. <laughs> That's over 20 characters. I feel like it might be, but I, I feel like I miss some, <laughs> honestly. But they all sort of have a place. So I do give the show credit for that. Like they're able to introduce so many people. And by the end, I do know who they are. Really? Okay, so they all have their own trait. You can yeah. identify them. All right. Okay, so this first episode is called Hen in the Fox House. That's the It's a fitting title for the first episode because it deals with Elena. She is attending this interview to become Jasper's nanny. Now, Jasper was Annie's, is Annie's son. And uh, in this day and age, to be a nanny, apparently you need a college degree, references, 
a background in childcare, and you have to be able to speak multiple languages. And she's single, so her time, so she's going to have a lot of free time. That's insane, yeah. Right? So that's how she's promoting herself, and she's doing a pretty good job. Like Matthew, Jasper's dad, he is seeing her as this young, polite, good sense of humor kid who's coming in to take care of his kid and and then we have tori walk in and tori is the sister-in-law of matthew she was annie's uh sister and also um then jasper's aunt and she's tight wound she's snobby and she immediately is telling elena that she can go like she's like <laughs> you're we'll, we'll we'll call you back if we if it's necessary but she doesn't think that she has the credentials to be the nanny they have 10 other interviews set up and then we cut to Elena. She's been dismissed. And uh, she's hanging out with this other dude named Scott. That's her boyfriend. He's like discount Matt Bomber. And I know she just said that she was single. But this is where we learn that she, everything that we learned about her is fake. She never actually finished college. She has this convoluted plan with her boyfriend that they are going to, that, that she's going to get hired as a nanny. And then she's going to sneak around until she finds a ruby and steals it pink panther style just, just one ruby. there's a ruby in the building in the grayborn building and she's gonna find it right? I, I was interested in what you were gonna say about scott's character because he started out in a lot of foreign shows like popland fearless heart gossip girl acapulco and he, narcos acapulco yeah acapulco so and, and narcos and then he like kind of transferred into a lot of american tv shows and i was wondering how his character if they like tried to address that at all or anything his character has a twist later on but right now we just see him as this guy who likes to make out with her and and is kind of uh, not the brains, but he's he's definitely the one who's like urging her to take the job and 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 snoop around, right? Okay. So Elena gets this call, and lo and behold, even with all the ten other interviews, she gets the job. Now she never actually even met Jasper, so that's a little bit of a surprise, but. You gotta let the she, shows. She never met the person. She never that she's met the to kid, the so for. they never actually saw if she could like connect with him. But who knows? <laughs> they hire her. She moves in the next day, and she goes to the nanny quarters. So the rest of the building is very fancy, schmancy, you know. And but the nanny quarters are like the walls are. I would call them barf green, <laughs> and they're tiny. There's no AC. It's haunted, but like for a New York City apartment, it's it's pretty good gig because she's living there for free. And that's followed quickly by her meeting Jasper, the kid. And I'm expecting, uh, like, the Omen kid. I'm expecting someone who's been possessed, insidious, the Devil's Hour kid. The like, little devil. <laughs> something very creepy. Because this, the whole vibe here is supposed to be that this building is haunted, right? But no, he's just a normal seven-year-old who likes Legos, pancakes, going to the park, hide-and-seek. He takes Mandarin and Taekwondo. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he's representing a, a, a very high-class <laughs> childhood, I guess. And uh, for some reason, Elena makes him a spinach smoothie. That's like her first thing that she does a for him. And smoothie. I know it's for him because Tori walks in and she's like, how do you know he's not allergic to almond milk? And she's and she comes back with like, I'm pretty sure you would have told me if he was. But then we see her give her the give him the pancakes with the bacon to kind of introduce herself. And the smoothie is nowhere to be found. And furthermore, she then says, I hate spinach. So who is she making the smoothie for? If not, for and, and who makes a spinach smoothie for a seven year old? you're telling to get me, on their good side. You're telling me that the like that the smoothie never makes an yeah, appearance again. It bugged me way more than it had to. But it's like she didn't drink it because she hates spinach. Right. Huh. Also something about Elena that I wouldn't normally notice about a character because I don't pay attention to these things, but she just wears so much jewelry, even just like on her day to day out to like, she has two necklaces all the time. She has six rings, almost like a ring per wow. finger. And uh, yeah, that's the biggest deal. And then there's a watch and she has these big earrings and that's just her normal outfit, you know? <laughs> 
I, I don't know, it bugged me. So she goes to the park with uh, Jasper and she meets some other nannies who are, who are very like open to spill the tea and dish it out. And they basically tell her that Matthew may be a gold digger. When Annie died, he might have something to gain for that. And so maybe he's suspicious. <laughs> so, also, okay. they had an old maid named Morgan. Um, not, she wasn't old, but like the, their old maid, the yeah, one before right. uh, Elena was named Morgan and she disappeared. And no one knows. Yeah, okay. and no one knows what happened to Matthew her. Matthew is played by Warren Christie, and it seems like he has a lot in comparison with the most famous character he played. He played Bruce Wayne, Batman, Tommy Elliot, and Hush in Bat uh, in Batwoman, but like all the same character. Wait, what? <laughs> all the same characters. He played four different characters. I mean, I guess one is the same. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. What Bruce does that Wayne. Mean? He played Bruce Wayne. Yes. And Batman. Yeah. So the same characters, but then Tommy Elliot. But and you said Hush. Batgirl. In Batwoman. Oh, in Batwoman. Yes. Okay, all right. I thought you said he was playing. Oh, and everybody. no, no, in. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So he's he just seems like the guy who's there to defend Elena and give her a break. Like Tori wants her gone. Mm-hmm. Tori never wanted to hire her. Matthew is the guy on her side. When he finds out that her college that she didn't actually go to the college that she said she did because he's able to decipher that based off a conversation that they had, he lets it pass. You know, but that also leads him to probably become like the thing that's going to betray her eventually like we're going to find out that tori's actually a good person right. and matthew's actually a bad right. person yeah I see what that's you what i i believe but um this is early enough where she's just making friends left and right she's made friends with these new nannies and then she starts to actually snoop so while she's playing legos with jasper she gets up and she starts looking around she finds these blueprints because again matthew is an architect and she takes pictures of them because they just so happen to be of the building that she is in you know, lo and behold. Yeah, right. So she goes to where she thinks the most plausible place might be for this Ruby to be hiding, which is the basement, which is locked. But she Skyrim lockpicks it, you know, with those two little tools. And she gets in there and it's a giant green basement, a lot of walkway, uh, leaky pipes, that type of deal. And she's like sneaking around. There's barely any light. And she finds this secret door. Okay, can I just say, I don't know anything about the plot. I try to stay away from it as much as possible, but I feel like this is where the plot is going to turn supernatural. Um, no, not exactly. That comes a little bit later. She opens the door and she finds this dusty, creepy dining room that doesn't look like it's been touched this millennium. And it has a lot of paintings on the wall of like the founder of the building, whose name is Alistair Greyborn. And uh, and she's looking around and she finds this panel that has a little lock in it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe the ruby's just waiting for her. Maybe right. she gets the ruby in the first episode. Who knows? But then she hears this weird sound and she gets freaked out and she runs out of the room. And when she like runs back to run up the stairs to get out of the basement there's a dead body one of the doormen has died the and same doorman that saw the girl fall from the roof i think the, i think the doorman who saw annie die was cecil but if it wasn't if it was like herman or whatever his name is then then yes okay. so I, I only know two doormen one of them is now dead right um and so then they call the police and guess who is actually the cop detective that would be her boyfriend scott and he acts like he doesn't know her and he's like okay just call me if you have any but so he has a job he's not just like some <laughs> low brow criminal who's like no but he's he's the detective for the nypd and <laughs> and he still wants to rob this place for its diamond that I jumped ahead to the ending because that was its own like sort of separate story. Oh, that was the go... twist that you were talking about? Yeah, that was kind of his twist at the end. But before that all happens, um, Tori throws this like kind of big get together party that she has kind of just in- to introduce us to more people. Right. Mm-hmm. And her maid has COVID. 
or is sick. She leaves, and um, this is when uh, Elena feels like she could use the opportunity to snoop, so she volunteers to take over as the bartender and also the server to, to kind of meet everybody and, and scope out what's going on, right? Right. She sees Mrs. Ivy. That's the curmudgeon old penthouse lady who's Played got by all the Kelly money. Bishop. She's from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I was wondering if you're going to recognize them. Or not. Uh, no, I didn't. But um, I did recognize Tori. She's from like Dollhouse. Oh, and Amy stuff. Acker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's, she's probably the biggest name for the show. Angel as well. Nine One One Lone Star. Yeah. yeah, she's been in everything. But Tori's husband. We also meet him. He tries to uh, make the moves on Elena, but like he, he's he's being a dick about it. He tries to molest her. Like he mm-hmm. says, "You shouldn't be in this room, but we can work something out." You know, and then. Yeah. His daughter interrupts his the daughter saves uh, elena and so <laughs> I, that's either bennett or darcy i forget which one is which and also the husband's name is dr dick just in case i refer to him again but that's where matthew actually confronts elena about lying about her resume she also hangs out with this other kid who i don't think i uh, established earlier his name is elliot Elliot is a high schooler. He hangs out in the nanny corridors with, that are also used as like storage facilities and he just gets high in there. So yeah. that's how they bond. She doesn't actually get high with him, but he does leave her a um, joint at the end of the first uh, at the end of the episode where she goes back to her apartment after serving all these people and she she gets high and then she's like falling asleep and that's where Jocelyn pops up and Jocelyn's like you can't trust anybody. And Jocelyn looks like she's in old timey um, uh, like clothing, and she's also like acting a little strange. So for anybody who's seen like Haunting a Hill House, you immediately put together that she's a ghost. Okay. But for Elena, she's high and she doesn't understand. She's just like, oh, okay, you're you're just hanging out here, so you're one of the other nannies. It's interesting you say that because a lot of the people that worked on the show, uh, they've done a lot of fiction, but I don't think they've gone like kind of the supernatural route that you're talking about. And just talking about Elliot really fast, Lex Lumpkin is the person who plays them. He has done a lot of like Nickelodeon shows. Really? Yeah, so. You remind me of a character from uh, Dear White People. I, I remember there was someone that she talks to at the beginning who kind of looks like him. But then the, after the ghost's advice of don't trust anyone, uh, Elena wakes up and um, she goes to hang out with her boyfriend for a second. But then she goes and hangs out with Jasper and Jasper runs into the street while she's on her phone. And that nearly gets her fired because she has to like run after him and then falls over. But Mrs. Ivy comes to save the day because she walks into the Matthews apartment where Tori is about to like fire her. And she's like, no, 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 no. I saw the whole thing. And Elena actually saved um, uh, Jasper's life. Tori right? does that? No, Mrs. Okay, Ivy okay, does okay, that. Okay, yeah, Tori yeah. was about to fire right, her. Right. right. So Ivy then has like this hold over because obviously she hadn't seen a thing. Mm-hmm. So she did this not out of the goodness of her heart. Um, Elena goes to the penthouse to find out why. And Mrs. Ivy says, well, I have my suspicions about Matthew and I need you to spy on him for me. That's one of the final reveals along with the fact that uh, Bennett or Darcy, again, I get them confused, uh, one of them has Annie's death note. So she was writing a suicide note before she jumped. We saw that as an audience. No one else knew that that happened except for Bennett or Darcy, who's kept it. And we don't know why. Um, And then the other thing we saw is that Matthew likes to punch clothes. So I think they were trying to like <laughs> make us suspect him of being like more angry than he, he likes puts out. How did they so show he, that? He was just in the closet and he just starts punching like Annie's old stuff. <laughs> it's, okay. it's weird. Yeah. All right. The next episode called Hide and Seek and less stuff happens. Um, but that's a meet... good thing, right? Because it seems like it was all over the place in the pilot. Um, yeah. I mean, the pilot was it, it did a good job of introducing us to everybody. But we do meet a couple more people, um, a couple more nannies um, and a manny. Um, and uh 
Elena does some more snooping and we establish a little bit more about who everyone is, right? Mm -hmm. So Elena actually met her boyfriend, the detective, when she was nabbed for some petty crime um, that had happened a few months earlier and then she, he recruited her from there. And so, then he wait, started so, sleeping with her. So Scott arrested her. And then Scott the, was at least the one who was interviewing her or at least brought a, brought her into his office when she was already in trouble and said, I've got this mission for you. And then they started having a relationship. Then we also meet Ginny, who is the only other nanny who lives in the nanny wing. And that's where uh, Elena's like, hey, so where's the Jocelyn lady? And Ginny's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And then we find out that the joint that we thought that Elliot gave Elena at the end of the first episode, he didn't do that. So either it was the ghost or maybe she thought it was Tori possibly who was trying to get her in trouble. Ah, okay. um, and then through Ginny, we also re-meet some of the nannies from the first episode, as well as one of the mannies. They all hang out at a bar together. But she's Elena's most interested in learning about Morgan and why she disappeared, the, manny, the nanny before her. Mm -hmm, okay. it, but the manny knows about the nanny. So <laughs> she asked the manny about Morgan, and he gets really, like, cagey, and then he has to leave. So it's, okay, it's this weird. This is just so crazy, yeah. I... Well, that all happens sort of later on in the episode. Also, there's this interesting interaction where you see Dr. Dick again, and he's in the elevator, and Elena is in the elevator too, and he starts striking up a conversation with her, and that's when Tori comes in, and uh, he's, he's not really apologetic. For, for what happened, but he does remember. And so he says something along the lines of, he's like, he's the biggest sleazeball, but he's also now my favorite character because of this line. He says to Elena, you should join us for dinner one night. Tori makes the most terrific reservations. <laughs> it was such a scathing, like, oh, that is such a burn to your wife. And it's, it deserved to be in a better show than this one. But, but I really like the line. Um, also, Elena is starting to put together that the paintings that she saw downstairs in the basement that were above the panel that she was trying to get into are very similar to the ones that are in like the main gallery or the main open or the main room. And so she's like comparing them to see where the differences lie in order to find out what the clue is to get into the panel. Mm. And then uh, we also learn through the paintings that uh, Jocelyn was, it, it wasn't a painting, it was a picture, that Jocelyn was actually the nanny to Mrs. Ivy when she was a kid okay so, so when she was a baby so mrs ivy's like 80 years old <laughs> okay so there's just like a lot of history it seems like they're trying to jam pack into the show it seems like they're almost trying to throw everything in there you said there was romance right there's like a ton of drama Yeah, because at the nanny's night out uh the, the her boyfriend elena's boyfriend gets jealous that and so he goes there and like meets her in the back room and starts like making out with her and she's like you got to get out of here you can't be here for this and i'm pretty sure jenny saw them and so that's going to come back later um it reminds me a little bit of like uh tell me your secrets that show that cbs show yeah. cbs all access show and then uh you the, because of the relationships and uh, some of the characters are similar Hollywood and a revenge Hollywood Reporter said it was a lot like Agatha Christie, part only murders in the building, as you said. And it's just, it seems like there's so many whodunits that have come out in this past year. Just to name a slight few, you have After Party, uh, Glass Onion, as, I, as we mentioned, only murders in the building. Does it seem like because But those of are people are all looking to solve a crime for the good of, like, 
everybody, right? Like they're doing a good deed. Yes. But Elena is just trying to steal a diamond or a, a ruby. You but know? because of that, do you think that this show kind of uh, falters or fails because there's been so many who done it that have come no, out? No, because it's completely different than them. It's the type of show that you wouldn't have a problem just keeping on in the back or like in the background, right? Mm. It would help you while you're like doing homework while you just look up because <laughs> you don't need to pay attention to it to understand what's going on. And you do like the thing is with shrinking. I gave that a bad review because it was based on reality. It was based on the idea that a therapist would go a little nuts and then start acting it out with their patients and doing stupid things that would get them in trouble. And right. I didn't like that because it was too grounded for me. This sets the premise in a supernatural world. So I'm much more accepting of letting things slide. The only thing that I would probably pick apart is the name. So it's called The Watchful Eye. And we're dealing with like this really exclusive, uh, rich building of people, right? And she's constantly snooping and picking locks and going to the basement and going where she shouldn't be and no one has a camera and there's no cameras in the lobby and also no nanny cams for tori tori the person who's like uber su suspicious of her all the time and you're telling me that no one is watching someone in the show that's called the watchful eye it's just unbelievable i'm sure that there's going to be people behind the paintings or something like that by the end but but still i didn't like that also the fact that elena would even get hired over all those other people supposedly that were about to try right, out yeah. for the job that never made much sense to me because her interview lasted like three minutes and From she what was you were saying it, so it sounds like scott could maybe have like somehow done something to make her be the only nanny no, like, no, no, he's not he, like he doesn't have that much power. Yes, he's a detective in the police department, but he's letting her kind of take the lead on this one. He just calls her up from time to time being like, hey, so what's the update? The thing about his character, though, is like he has a steady, probably pretty rich job like in the department. He's probably pretty uh, well liked like to have made it as far as a detective at his age. And he's got a, a girlfriend. I don't know why he necessarily needs to steal a ruby and like head off to a different island like what's what's his big game there new york is a nice place i, 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 don't, I don't get it <laughs> okay but besides all those things it's not that bad of a show i know i think it got panned because when i just typed in the watchful eye to make sure i got some of the names right <laughs> i saw it had a really tiny imdb like star but i didn't actually see what the point value was what is it because I, I would give the show i would pass it at a six Really, you would pass I it? I would pass it. I mean, you mentioned, like, all the problems with it. It has a 5.8 on IMDb. Oh, okay, so that's uh, not bad. I thought it had, like, a 2 for some reason. Last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, it didn't have a tomato meter, but it had a 57% audience score with, like, two tomatoes and one rotten. Uh, one thing that, like, really stuck out to me about this show is, like I said before, so many different people working on so many different shows. You have Jeffrey Rayner. He was the director of this episode. He's produced a ton of different shows, if, like, starting with Columbo, all the way to Friday Night Lights, Capricorn, girls dirty john and fargo again just to name a few he even directed a failed pilot for wonder woman back in 2011 that was supposed to be for nbc who's starring in it back then i died wonder woman I don't, I don't even know i don't okay. even know if they had the cast and then yeah it was the uh he also worked on the event around the same time oh the event yes, yes. and then you have julie dirk she created this series she's most well known for her work prior on stuff like grace and frankie where she like executively produced produced and wrote for it as well and then you have emily fox the showrunner she worked on zoe's extraordinary playlist and then you have ryan seacrest produced 
producing this with his own company, Ryan Seacrest Productions, in association with ABC Family. Uh, and they also simulcast this on the same time as Freeform on ABC in Canada, or their version of it at least. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were definitely trying to get an audience, and it seems like just their reviews are all across the board. You have Collider giving it a D plus, hey, saying that's sort of where I'm going. <laughs> a, a, D, D plus? a D plus that passes. It's, well, it's fine. I mean, I mean, usually people see a C as passing, I feel like. Well, then I'd have to give it a 7, and I'm not giving it a 7. They say the watchful eye is necessary suspense to hold up a story whose greatest revelation is how superficial it is. The coolest part of it is definitely her touring around the basement and trying to get into it, but that's also the part they spend the least amount of time with. Like, I want to see her crack into that safe and see if there's a giant Pink Panther ruby in there. Well, the Time Magazine was talking about, they literally titled it Bonkers Thriller, The Watchful Eye is an Addiction. <laughs> so it's like, they obviously liked it, and I think that they're talking about how kind of over the top it was as well. One thing everybody said was that this was like a Hitchcockian style type of TV show or wanted to be that way. And that gave me flashbacks right to Cabinet of Curiosities because they said that that was Hitchcockian as well. The basement looks a lot like the storage facility in the first episode of that so that's that might give you a better idea of what i was talking about when i said it was big and green and pipes everywhere and kind of dirty okay i mean i know that they started filming i was trying to see how many episodes the show was and it just did not give me a specific number i know it's going to be at least six but they started filming in april 26 2022 and concluded on september 1st 2022 and they did shot on multiple uh, locations british columbia canada burnaby like all these different but it's all inside and it's all showing, there's like this outside friend shot. You know how friends, they always showed the apartment building? Yeah, they the do exterior. the same thing. They, they do the same thing here where they always show the exterior of the Greyborn building. And then the the rest of the show is all basically inside. Maybe she goes out to that park every once in a while, but I would think that that would just be shot in Central Park. Why would they need so many locations is my question. Eh, maybe, maybe later episodes. Um, the only other thing I need to point out is the reason why the second episode is called Hide and Seek is because she plays hide and seek with Jasper at one point, and that's where he says that he found the best hiding spot, and I assume that's going to be something like very sneaky and, and uh, creepy, and uh, we'll find out Or it could have been the room. What room? No, that they, they were in the nanny's quarters when okay. they were playing that game, and the room is well down in the basement, and the basement's always locked. Oh, and also, uh, at the very end of the episode, she goes down to the basement again, and this time she sees the doorman there with Candace. Candace was the maid or the um, the housekeeper of Tori. And they're together. Apparently they're having an affair together and they were just hanging out in the basement. So there was like this awkward one-on-one look where like both of both parties are like, we shouldn't be here. And they both try to like accuse the other one of not supposed to be in there. And it was, it was kind of awkward, but it was fine. Yeah. That's about the end of the episode. And that's all I have to say, and that, that's that's why we don't normally do two episodes, because there's, like, a lot of plot. Yeah, a lot of information. All right. Like, all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.